Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 Podcast Recruiting Edition. My name is Bryce Kuhn alongside Sonny Ship. Sonny, uh, we've gotten some, you know, some really good feedback on, uh, you know, Glenn and I's podcast about, uh, you know, baseball. And every time we hint at yours, a couple comments say, yeah, when, when's Sonny coming back on? We want to talk recruiting. And it's about that time of the year as we get uh, into into the month of March, back to some visit weekends. Uh, but first off, man, how are you enjoying this uh, this I guess I would call it early spring, but this, this weather, cause I don't know if it's going to get better than this, if it gets hot again, like it did last year during the summer. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, you got, let's see today. I think we're going to have, let's see, I think the high here today is supposed to get up to like 79. And mm-hmm. by the time my son's second flag football game gets cranked up tonight at eight, it's supposed to be 53. So, you know, a little 26 degree temperature change here. We're talking about in a matter of 12 hours. So, you know, used to be this time of the year too. used to be, I hated this time of the year because my sinuses would get so bad. Now my sinuses just stay bad 12 months out of the year to where hell it doesn't even matter anymore. You know, it just, (laughs) whether there's pollen or not, I'm sneezing and eyes watering and just, you know, the headaches and stuff. So, but the one good thing about this time of the year is that we know spring football is coming up. We know mm. the recruiting period is getting ready to open up again. And I think I would even venture to say that, you know, used to be the used to be people would look forward to September, you know, during the football season because official visits would happen, things like yeah. that. Now the recruiting calendar, the recruiting calendar has gotten, you know, turned upside down and inside out to where, I would venture to say that this stretch that we're about to go on right now between March and April is more important than that Mm. time of the year because it really kind of starts to lay the foundation and set the groundwork to whether or not, you know, you get these kids on unofficial visits during March and April, and then it kind of determines whether or not you're going to get them on campus for an official during the summer. And if you don't get them on campus for an official during the summer, uh, you know, you, you can't feel too great about your chances if it's a kid that you've been recruiting for, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 months. But it's a critical time that, of the year. Yeah, it's critical. And it seems like, you know, as these kids make decisions earlier, uh, they're being kind of pushed to do that with, you know, transfer portal. You don't, you don't want to be an uncommitted four star. It feels like while the transfer portal is going on in December, that, that just, that's a nightmare. You don't know what your spot's going to be. As these kids commit earlier, you talked about it and a great example um, is three-star linebacker out of uh, Mill Creek High School in Georgia, right outside of Atlanta. I mean, Sonny, he told us that you know he's going to be on campus March 9th. Then he's setting an official visit on May 31st. And one of the first questions on our board were, "Well, that seems a little early." Yeah, probably so. When you think about you know traditional over the past three, five, ten years of recruiting, but as these kids, would you agree? Is it is it a, is it a conflict of the portal? But is that the reason these kids are starting to set these things earlier, or is this just, uh, hey, I want to get the decision done? Is it is it a unique situation, uh, case by case basis? Well, May 31st is really early. And I, and I think that fact that even though you put the 31 on there, May is what jumps out. And it's like, whoa, man, May yeah. seems really early for kids to be taking official visits. But I think that's just because of the way the calendar falls this year. We've got a leap year. We've got an extra day in February. And and, and so if it, if it was June 1st, 
you know, people would probably be like, all right, we're gearing up for that time. You know, they wouldn't say yeah. anything about it being early. So I, I think that's part of it right there. But there's no question that, you know, if you go back and if you look at LSU's um, at, at, at the kids who took official visits to LSU during the summer and, and we go back to, you know, we go back to two classes ago to the Deshaun Womack, uh, Jackson Howard mm. to that year. You know, you had so many of those guys who took their who took their official visits during those summer periods. And so I think that that's the time that that, you know, kids kind of have it in their mind that, okay, you know, we're going to hit the month of June. You know, the month of June is going to be when we want to try to get our all of our officials in because you've got that dead period coming up in July. And then, uh, you know, obviously, August is when they start their fall camps. Colleges start their fall camps. And so you really get that month of June that is just so critical. You know, the mm-hmm. month of June now is probably what the month of December or January used to be before the early signing period. You mm-hmm. know, you, you're trying to get those last visits in. You want to save all your visits until the end. Well, now you don't want to save those official visits until the end of the early signing period. You want to get them done. You want to get them done in June. And then you, you don't want to have to win them in June, in, in, in September, October, November. You want to be able to just hold on to them at that point. And yeah. so – you know, when you look at the month of June and we look at these upcoming, you know, unofficial visits that LSU is going to have starting that March 8th, 9th and 10th weekend, uh, I, I think it's really going to kind of set the foundation of how the spring is going to go. But then also, lay, like I said, lay that groundwork to getting those official visits in, you know, that first week, that last weekend in May and then on into June to when, you know, you just see you know, all hell breaks loose again. And it feels like too, Sonny, we saw this last year throughout the summer. I mean, look, you get them in the first, you know, couple of weeks of June, uh, you know, maybe even some of these camps, there's some, you know, same year prospects that you're kind of saying, Hey, I want to get that final evaluation. Um, you know, uh, we, we saw that obviously with, with a couple guys last cycle, but Ashton then you have stamps. That, Ashton stamps is a big one. Then you have Sonny that Bayou splash, these marquee events that every single program is kind of doing that final week of July, right before fall camp starts in August. It just, I don't know, man, have you, is the recruiting calendar just in the past five, 10 years, just completely flipped on you? Like when you look back at it, how crazy has this thing gotten to where summer's maybe more a priority? It used to be December, it used to be January, like you said, and Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Really, you could say now year round, it's kind of just fluctuated between here's some important times and here's where it's kind of, you know, uh, t- tapered off a little bit. 
Yeah, no question about it. No question about it. And I think, you know, now that when college coaches actually get to a dead period, they're so dead from having to recruit their rosters, having to deal with the transfer portal, from having to deal with the coaching carousel, from having to deal with the, you know, what the whatever part that they're being drug into the NIL process, you know, they're just having to, there is no downtime. And so when they actually hit a dead period to where they can, you know, they're limited. I think they really look forward to that. And because, you know, used to be like take LSU, for instance, used to be you get through signing day that first Wednesday in February you see coaches take a week off, two weeks off, sometimes three weeks off. You know what I mean? They just need to yeah. really just recharge. Now that's that's turned into more, more or less days or a week instead of weeks because you've got to deal with the, you know, you've got to deal with spring practice coming up. You've got yeah. to deal with spring practice coming up. You've got to deal with the roster retention that you was able to get through in the first transfer portal window, but you've got that second transfer portal window coming up in April. So you've got, you know, you're working on that. And we hear it a lot since Nick Saban stepped down that how hard the college game has gotten as far as yeah. just uh, the, the, the nonstop, stress that these coaches are having to deal with and stuff. And I don't, I don't think there's any question that, you know, that when you look at college coaches and what's on their shoulders now compared to what was on their shoulders just five years ago, I mean, they're probably, you know, they're, they're probably carrying another 60 pound bag of cement on their shoulder. Yeah. It's, you know, and just talking with some people in and around it, I mean, it, it's the schedule and we could look, we could go into a whole podcast, you know, series on this. I don't think it's sustainable, you know, with the way these coaches are going. That's why you're seeing a lot of talented, you know, assistant coaches and even sometimes head coaches not just make a, a jump to the NFL, but make a jump down to a position coach at another school just to alleviate some of that pressure. We've seen that a lot. Um, I think we've had five this past cycle that have decided to leave their post as head coaches voluntarily, which is not something, you know, unless you're moving from a job, let's just say from a you know, from a McNeese state to an LSU makes sense. But when you're going from an LSU down to, you know, uh, a Southeastern, you know, Louisiana, it's a little bit different. So really interesting kind of stuff that we're, we're seeing across college football's landscape. But for LSU, this month of March, Sunday, the, the visits, the names just keep rolling in. Now, for, the, for maybe the casual LSU fan or recruiting fan, what's the importance of this first week of March? We've kind of hinted at that already. But when you look at this list of names, there's a lot of guys that – Maybe people feel comfortable about what they could potentially, uh, you know, be in the race on the staff-wise for LSU. But there's also some guys, too, where it's about building those relationships, but a couple of guys that are already committed as well. So it seems like a nice blend and mix for that first weekend of March. Yeah, and anytime you can, you know, anytime you have the, the number one player in America committed to you, but he lives a 1,000 miles away, that's never, you know, it's a good thing to have him committed but that 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 logistic, you know, all those miles in between is not ideal. So anytime yeah. you can get him on campus and you get a guy like DeCorian Moore, and then you get some of these, uh, you know, I mean, we could go down the list. I mean, there's, oh, man. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing it right, but Jamie French or yeah. French, I don't know how you pronounce it. <laughs> you know, you get the Caleb Cunninghams, you get these guys on yeah. campus, and you get them around 
a Harlem Berry, the number one running back in the country. You get them around a Micah DeBose, who I think LSU is trending is trending strongly for right now. You know, you get them around all these playmakers who are going to, you know, who either are going to be a part of this class or that you feel strongly that they're going to be a part of this class. Uh, it just really just helps build that bond. It just mm. helps get helps them, you know, become a, a, a tighter knit group and, the benefits of that, I think, is what you see on the back end when, you know, colleges are, are, are making these last ditch efforts to try to sway kids, to get kids on campus. They start swinging these huge NIL deals and things like that. Having that having that bond and having a tight knit group like that can really help you in in offsetting some of that other stuff. And I think that, you know, when you look at LSU's class and you consider you know, where, where Underwood lives, where DeCorian Moore lives in, in Texas's backyard. You know, Micah DeBose is in Georgia. And so mm-hmm. when you when you can get those bonds stronger, I think it really helps with those kids who are not in LSU's backyard, who they're not going to have on campus for five or six unofficial visits during the football season, where it's not just super easy to hop in a car and spend three hours and, and be on campus. I think that it can really help in those cases. And obviously one of the big polls, and you mentioned at the beginning, we're about to start spring football. And I've talked to a lot of these kids. Look, there's been the initial conversations. Maybe even some of the coaches came and visited them, you know, uh, during the month of January. So let's just take an example hypothetical. You're a four-star linebacker, and you start to hear from Blake Baker and Kevin Peoples and this new defensive staff. Okay, maybe they visit your high school in January. Uh, you know, there's the dead period in terms of February, but you you kind of have an idea of what it might look like. You watch some Missouri tape. But now you get on campus in March, and let's say that you get to go watch, you know, some seven-on-seven or some different drills and start to get a bigger feel for it. How massive is that, especially with LSU breaking in this new staff where, yeah, there's been conversations, but now instead of wearing, you know, the black and yellow of Missouri, you get to see what these guys look like in the purple and gold. How how big is that for some of these recruits? Yeah, it just puts a more personal touch on it. You know, when you when you when you, when you're looking at when you're looking at what Blake Baker did at Missouri you're watching a bunch of black and gold jerseys, you know, Mm. you're not, you're not seeing them wearing that purple and gold to where you can kind of envision yourself, you know, wearing that Jersey one day to where you can kind of envision yourself fitting in that system. So I think it, you know, I I think that the dividends that it pays right there is huge. And then also from the, from the college coaches perspective, like you mentioned, you know, they may have gone and visited these kids during the, uh, during the, during the evaluation period, in December, in January, yeah. in fe- you know, early February, when coaches were able to be out on the road. But when these coaches show up at the schools, you know, they don't pop out a tape measure, have them lean against the wall and get their height, get their wingspan and things like that. However, once they, you know, when they step foot on campus for that unofficial visit, they're going to get that height. They're going to get that weight. They're going to get that. They're going to be able to get those verified numbers that they can plug in to where now they're not saying, yeah, we, we, we think he's 6'3". You know, now you're going to know what he is. And so that's big. You know, junior days are, are uh, they're not camps. You know, they're not athletic yeah. events. But it is good to be able to at least get those measurables. You know, yeah, you want a 40, you want a vertical broad jump and all that stuff. But, you know, one of the first boxes, you know, when Brian Kelly got here and he talked about that he has a stereotype, he has, 
you know, ideal measurements that he likes in his offensive line. And that's not to say that he's not going to go recruit a guy who's 6'2", 6'1", or anything like that. But he has numbers that he likes to see. And so getting those kids on here, you know, you can either check off that box or you leave it open and you say, okay, you move on down to whatever the next question is. So it's advantageous for, you know, it's, it's advantageous for the kids, obviously, to be able to see the program, to see the practices, be able to spend time around the coaches, get to know the players and things like that. But the coaches on the flip side, you know, they're able to get some verified numbers that that really can go a long way towards determining, okay, is this guy, is this linebacker number four on our board or is he number eight on our board? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a big part of it. And I'll say this too. I mean, look, you're going to have some kids that, uh, you know, were really high on LSU when they got the offer. I know everyone talks about the dream offer, but they're really high on LSU. We can get the offer. They've enjoyed the conversations during that evaluation period in December and January. And a lot of these kids are maybe looking to commit here in the months of April and maybe into May. So I wanted to ask you this, because this is always a fascinating question that I think maybe the casual fan doesn't understand or doesn't see. How does these staffs and and how much is that spring that you just kind of allude to help when you have a kid that maybe is fourth or the fifth linebacker on your board, but you still feel like you're really in the mix for number one, number two, number three, and maybe you're only taking two linebackers this cycle. How do they go about balancing this effort uh, in especially a day and age where it feels like it's even harder to do so? Oh man. I've heard, I've heard stories over the years (laughs) from, you know, going back from, you know, going back two staffs, three staffs from the current one right here, you know, and, uh, you know, I've heard stories before to where a kid comes in, you know, you offer the kid, the kid shows up, the kid's like, coach, I'm ready to coach. I'm ready to get on board. And that coach is like everywhere where that kid is not at <laughs> throughout the day. <laughs> it's just, I mean, that's got to be, you know, that's got to be a delicate and a tough situation. Yeah. And too many, you know, too many of these kids are drilled to where, okay, you got an offer from LSU. Oh yeah. You got that offer from LSU, you know, thinking that they could go and just commit right there. And, and, and no, a scholarship offer at this point in the game means, means I like you. we're interested in you, you know, yeah. we're interested in you, you know? And so that's part of the, you know, that's part of the process that, that kind of, that, that really kind of gets tricky to where, you know, when does that offer turn into a committable offer? And, mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, there's really no way to confirm that, no really way to verify that on the record or anything. And, and yeah. so you just kind of really have to read between the lines. As a prospect, you read between those lines to where, you know, you want to be able to read between those lines of, okay, has the coach's demeanor changed? Has the coach's tune changed? Are you not, is he now not talking to you quite as much as he used to? Is he, uh, you know, and, and you kind of, you hope that they have some guidance from adults or from coaches yeah. or from trainers or mentors who have been through the process, who understand the process and don't just blow smoke up their butt. Unfortunately, yeah. too many of those people want to blow that smoke and want to, you know, and, and, and give them the advice that, okay, well, you got LSU. Let's go see if Alabama's going to offer now. Let's go yeah. see what Notre yeah. Dame's going to do. And so leverage that. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a very delicate process and it obviously changes, you know, from, from staff to staff, you know, Davo Sweeney used to have, I'm not sure if he still has uh, that policy, but if you are committed to Clemson, you can't visit other schools. 
Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Now, I don't know if he still Brian has. Kelly, yeah. Brian Kelly, on the flip side, he'll tell kids. Now, there may be some kids, you know, you got Harold Perkins locked up in November or December. You know, you don't want to see Harold Perkins go pop up on Texas or Texas A&M's campus. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, Brian Kelly is, is pretty open and pretty good about letting those guys take those official visits. Now, I think part of that is knowing where he stands with them mm-hmm. and knowing that, okay, this is more or less of a kid taking advantage of an opportunity that he maybe did not get in the beginning because he committed to us and stuff. So you just see different philosophies taken on by different coaches. And I think you see different philosophies of how they handle that committable offer. Some of them, mm-hmm. I know some coaches who don't like to beat around the bush who just come straight out and say, look, you know, we like you. We really like you. You got your offer, but, you know, we're waiting to see what these two guys do. Yeah. And, I, and, and so I, you just kind of and I, and, I, and I think a lot of it just all depends on, you know, the persona and, and and how that coach is. Is that coach comfortable doing that? Now, that coach might just be straight up and honest and say, look, here's the deal. And then yeah. some coaches may not be, you know, may not be comfortable with that and will just kind of beat around the bush and beat around the bush and kind of drag it out a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, I've seen some situations that just, you know, just get downright ugly. Yeah. We're not going to divulge all those. We want Sonny to be no. able to, uh, to, to survive yeah. until the next uh, next uh, commitment. That's for, the, get that's out for here. Bryce's OnlyFans podcast. <laughs> LSU go 24 seven only fans podcast. Pretty sure that we're not even allowed to put those words together, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> so hopefully no one in, in, on the national teams listening to that. Um, but obviously the big names, we're not going to spoil all of them. Head over, go 24 seven, get yourself a membership, VIP membership. You can keep track with all the names that are visiting, but Sonny, maybe one or two names outside of those big ones that you're just kind of intrigued to watch how their recruitment goes and, really how that visit weekend goes and maybe what we hear, uh, you know, the feedback of how it went. I think Micah DeBose is a big one, you know. Um, he visited He visited in January. He's coming mm-hmm. back in March. He's already taken two unofficial visits to LSU in the past, uh, two of them while he was committed to Georgia. So, I mean, to me, that screams that he wants in this class. I know that he said yeah. that he wants to take some official visits. He's got some scheduled and all. However, for him to come back that quick, you know, it just really it makes me believe he's coming back for a, with a purpose. You know, yeah. there's a there's yeah. a reason he's coming back, and I don't think it's to see Brad Davis's big man in action because he's seen plenty of that. You know, yeah. so he's yeah. a guy he he's a guy that I look at, and then look any defensive lineman that is above six one and two hundred and sixty <laughs> pounds. I'm interested in. I'm interested in this dude right here. You know, I mean, it might as well be yeah. a supermodel <laughs> that you're yeah. taking a look at. You know, because yeah. LSU, you know, LSU needs some guys. LSU needs some interior depth. Um, you know, cornerbacks are very intriguing just because you kind of start to get a feel of you know Corey Raymond still has you know, some of the things that he likes that he likes to look for in his cornerbacks. He wants speed, mm-hmm. he likes size, and he likes length. And so you can kind of see, like you wonder when someone goes to Florida, you know, he spent he spent what, one or two years at Florida? Two years at Florida, right? Two years at Florida, yeah. Yeah, two years at Florida. And so you wonder, okay, now you're coming back to LSU around, you know, has has his uh has has 
his eye change. You know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Well, has yeah. you know, you wonder, okay, have he has he changed in some of the things that he looks for? Um, Jake Olson, you know, Jake Olson doesn't have a lot of experience, doesn't have a lot of experience recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you kind of start to get an idea of what he's looking for. Same with Kevin Peoples at the as the uh, you know as the defensive ends coach, and so those are some of the things that you know as you're as you're going out and as you're you know you can you can look at the you can look at the 2025 recruit. I, I I don't know how many it is uh, right now that are reporting offers. I know it's I know it's probably well over a hundred though. Yeah. But you can kind of start to you can kind of start to get an idea uh, of how that board kind of starts to trim down a little bit, um, yeah. and then you fast forward to, to 2026. We know 2026 in Louisiana is going to be a banner type year type class. Which one of those kids show up? You know, who are some of those kids who pop up? You know, like a mm-hmm. Jakeem Stewart. You know, he's taking some unofficial visits to other places. Well, we saw with Dominic McKinley how he went to a lot of places last year but didn't go to LSU much. And we saw how hard LSU had to fight for him. So you can kind of start to get an idea when you see some of these 2026 guys, where they go, when they go and and things of that nature too. Two names for me uh, before we get out of here. I'm watching. Uh, it fits your bill of all of defensive linemen. Andrew Maddox, 2025 guy out of Hattiesburg, 6'3", 265. Got the chance to talk with him last year when he picked up that offer. He does have a brother that uh, is also kind of in the recruiting sphere, too, of uh, another athlete. So that's something to kind of keep a keep an eye on as well. And then another one for me uh, is another kid out of Mississippi, uh, J- Jacoby Hobson. This kid has the makings of all you want out of a hybrid safety, hybrid linebacker type of player. Uh, both those guys projected to be on campus. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they do it. Because yeah. you got a lot of the usual, sub- sub- uh, you know, suspects. James Simon. I mean, this kid's been on campus 400 million times in the past three months, it feels like. I mean, this, he's been there absolutely a, a ton of times. You mentioned uh, Jamie. I'll say it like you said it, Fuffa French. Um, you know, I, I, he got those and, and a couple other ones that are going to be very interesting to watch as well. But man, Micah DeBose, that's one six five three fifteen, a guy that can move some people. That's right up Brad Davis's alley. Sounds uh, sounds like a sounds like a winner if you're asking me. But hey, going to be a lot of fun to watch and a lot of fun to add. And, and add this before we get out of here. You talked about Corey Raymond. Raymond went on this kind of offer spree, and Sonny it was very interesting. A lot of the kids were maybe unranked per 24-7, which is okay, completely normal during this time of the year. But they also weren't true cornerbacks. Athletes, a couple of the kids played quarterback for their respective high school team. And what it kind of showed me and, and, and was he does have a type where he can see, hey, you may be a really, really good athlete that plays some corner at high school level, but, man, you have all the measurables. Like you said, you have that length. You have that size. You maybe have that aggression that if we can – hone that in and we see some development out of you and maybe get you on campus for a camp. Um, it's very interesting just that, that cornerback room and defensive back room in general, how he's going to try to rebuild that with his guys uh, while also trying to get the most out of what's already there on the roster. So a lot of it's a big cornerback room. It is. It's, it's not like they don't have 11 guys on the <laughs> roster that could exactly you know, that classify as either a corner or a nickel. And um, yeah, so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see. And I think, well, you got four of them coming in in this past class, and then I think you, you I think you still got three of them on campus from the twenty twenty three class. So you've got you've got three, about yeah. seven guys that who have you know who have zero experience, yeah, or haven't stepped foot on a college campus or have been on campus for less than a year. 
Yeah, man, that is. That's a young cornerback room. Hey, and it's uh, if you tune in to the podcast we got coming up next, uh, Glenn and I are going to talk about spring football, and I guarantee you that's going to be one of the big topics we discuss uh, with all this uh, with all this names. It's not like you have a lack of names; it's the lack of experience along with those names that maybe provides it to be a question. But hey, we appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, follow us on the podcast feed, whether that's Spotify, Apple, wherever you may be getting those. And like I said earlier, come join us on the message boards over at Go Twenty Four Seven. Great content. Uh, especially with baseball season in full swing, getting ready for conference play here in a few weeks. Uh, man, they look really, really good. They got to get the offense going. And what basketball and basketball hey. is fun again. Basketball, basketball Matt, is fun again. I, I said this, Sonny. We're not supposed to be fans, but it is hard to not root for Matt McMahon. Like, just the way that he came into the situation, the win against Kentucky he got, it was really cool to see the excitement of those kids around him. Uh, and then, uh, you know, another uh, – my wife wasn't too happy last night with the win over Georgia, but she understood, you know, for the uh, for the page views and subscriber count, we needed LSU to win that game. So, man, uh, I- I'm excited. I'm excited to see if they can continue down the stretch of the season and maybe find themselves in the NIT, which would – you tell me that 365 days ago, you'd have thought that. I don't. I don't know how many people would have truthfully. No, so that's no that's doubt. good for them. No doubt. Good for them. No doubt. And Bryce, Bryce, don't listen to any of those old fogies and old timers out there who say, "Oh, you're not supposed to be a fan." You tell me one damn sports writer who's not a fan of the team they cover. I mean, come True. on, man. Yeah. Now, if you're sitting up there cheering in the press, you know, and we've had some on the LSU beat before <laughs> who were like that. You know, if you're cheering in the press box and stuff like that, I mean, come on, you know. But, no, dude, it is perfectly okay to be a fan. Hell, it's even okay to hate the school you cover. As hey, long as hey. you do it professionally, man. Do it professionally. and make, and make you Look, you're going to have a rooting interest. You, I, no one wants to cover yeah. a team. Terrible. So, uh, if you don't, yeah. you're not going to put up with this grind. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. guess I got to get more purple and gold in the, uh, the wardrobe then. We'll see. Sunny ship back there. I got a little bit. Yeah, I got, I got a little. Rid- gold you just need to get rid of that Bra- Braves banner and put an Astros oh, and Nats gosh. banner up. We're almost entering that year long. The people who are the subscribers know where I went on the board and blasted Alex Bregman. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, early on, very just a month into the job, got bold and did now it. So. That's what you're not supposed to do. You're not <laughs> supposed to bash one of the most famous players ever at the school you just started covering. <laughs> I had it backwards. I had I had priorities messed up. But hey, we appreciate you listening. Appreciate you watching on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. He's Sonny Ship. My name's Bryce Coon. We will catch you next time here on the Go 24-7 podcast.